0: Hi, I'm Dr. Wamboi and welcome to The Drug Chat. I think that the human body is intricately created, making us one of the most amazing living things on earth. In this podcast, we explore how the body works and then apply the drugs. My hope is that with this knowledge, we become better healthcare providers, whatever field of medicine you may be in, better caregivers to our patients, or to ourselves we do take medicines from time to time don't we all right let's break it down hello my podcast friends i hope you guys are doing well welcome back to the stroke series and today we'll be looking at the drugs to take care of the stroke um, a class called the thrombolytics all right, but before we get through to the drugs, let's just remind ourselves about this, what the strokes are. So on a normal working day, your brain needs oxygen and nutrients to be able to function. Remembering that the brain is a computer of all computers and your body depends on the brain functioning for it to function, all right? So for this oxygen and nutrients to reach your brain, the delivery mode is the blood and the blood is carried in your arteries, okay? So there are two types of strokes, the ischemic stroke and hemorrhagic stroke. In the ischemic stroke, that means that there is a restriction or a reduction of blood flow to your brain. So there's is, there is your blood trying to get to the brain to feed it and to give it some oxygen, and it gets a roadblock, a clot. So now it cannot pass through and your brain is deprived of oxygen and nutrients. And there you have with a stroke. On the other hand, you have a hemorrhagic stroke and a hemorrhagic stroke occurs when the same artery in your brain ruptures, basically it bursts. And when it bursts, the blood goes everywhere. And that puts pressure on your brain cells and damages them and there you are with a hemorrhagic stroke or that same vessel the artery forms a bulge which is called an aneurysm a balloon like it balloons out right so it gets weaker and again it leaks and blood goes everywhere putting pressure on your brain cells damaging them and there you have a hemorrhagic stroke okay So like I said, our drugs today are called thrombolytics and thrombo and lytic. So thrombo means clot and lytic means break or or to disintegrate. So what these drugs do, they bust up that clot. They break down, they disintegrate that clot. Thrombolytics are the cornerstone of therapy in ischemic strokes. Their work is to get rid of that thrombus, to get rid of that clot. right, so you're not using this in hemorrhagic strokes, you are using them in ischemic strokes. Okay, now that we have that out of the way, let's go to the next question about this clot. First, a clot is made up of little particles called platelets, and then it has a meshwork of protein strands called fibrin. So clotting is a two-step process. And I'm sure if you have a cut, you have seen it starts bleeding. Yes, you could stop it, but then your blood also knows how it, I mean, this bodies are amazing. It already knows how to stop this. So first it puts a weak, it, a, it makes a weak formation of a platelet plug. Right. So it first plugs the place that's bleeding and then this plug gets stabilized by a fibrin network. It looks like spaghetti, you know, those long strands and then they crisscross and all that just to make sure that the plug they just formed is stable. It's not going to be breaking down in a little bit. So uh, bodies, as you can tell, are amazing that they know how to already bust up. Okay, so after so after a while, you get better, the bleeding stops, right? So our body already has a way on how to break up that clot because it cannot go on forever. Right. So again, on a normal working day in your how your body needs to get rid of a clot, and a plasma protein called plasminogen is called into action. So in the work of trying to break up this clot, the person or the the guy that comes up to work is plasminogen, and it its work. This protein, plasma protein called plasminogen, its work is to activate an enzyme called plasmin. And now plasmin is the one that does the beautiful work of breaking down that fibrin, breaking down that spaghetti mesh that was that was created by the clotting process. So now we need to break it up and plasmin that got activated by plasminogen is who breaks up the fibrin. However, this breaking down cannot go on forever, correct? So at some point, this plasminogen changing into plasmin needs to be stopped. wait for it, there already is something that exists. It's called the plasminogen activator inhibitor one. I know when it comes to names, we We just call them like it is (laughs) the scientist, right? Okay, so your body, usually how it makes a clot is a two-step process. A weak plug of platelets gets stabilized by a meshwork of fibrin. But at some point we need to break up that clot and the way that happens is a plasma protein called plasminogen comes into action and its work is to activate plasmin. And what does a plasmin do? It goes to that meshwork that you just put around that clot called fibrin, breaks it down but plasmin cannot work forever. It needs to be stopped at some point. Otherwise it's going to break up everything in your body, right? And the guy that comes to work for that is the plasminogen activator inhibitor. Enter our drugs. I'll start with alteplase. Alteplase is a tissue plasminogen activator. Huh? So this clever scientist, they figured out, wait a minute, the way for us to stop for this, for this, on a normal working day, this guy, plasminogen, if we got him out of the working system, then guess what? This clots would, you know, would be able to break up the clot. correct? So they came up with alteplase. So alteplase converts plasminogen to plasmin. And if plasmin goes up, Then we break down the fibrin and the clots go kaput, right? So in an acute ischemic stroke, remember what we're trying to do is that there's a roadblock in the way of the blood to get to your brain and we need to remove that clot. We have already told you that the clot has a fibrin network that makes it stable. So we need to destabilize that meshwork and the way to do that is to have plasmin go ahead and break it down. Correct. So then alteplase comes in and it goes straight for that uh, clot that's in your brain because it's pretty specific. And once it attaches to that clot, then plasminogen that's in there gets activated. And the plasminogen is then going to change, uh, make their plasmin active. And the plasmin is the one, I hope I'm not confusing you. The plasmin is the one that breaks down the fibrin. Okay. So as you can imagine, when you have a stroke, I mean this needs to be like done quickly. So it's obviously not a PO drug a by mouth. It's a intravenous, it's given intravenously, it's an injection. Uh, you're going to see uh, guidelines that say obviously it needs to be given within four, four 4.5 hours and other guidelines depending on which country or which continent you're looking at is going to talk about three, while, three hours um, so that it can quickly disintegrate that clot. The adverse reaction will be number one, bleeding. Yes. So if you already have Internal bleeding or intracranial uh, hemorrhage—you probably do not want to be giving alteplase. The other thing with it is a fee, is um, anaphylaxis, angioedema, and fever. But usually, when that patient is having a stroke, honestly, the um, benefits of busting that clot truly outweigh all these others. But um, just something to be aware of, aware of, even as you give it. Okay. Uh, so hypersensitivity, hypersensitivity reactions. Um, okay, so that is alteplase. And the reason I started with alteplase is that it is the most commonly used for strokes. It has undergone the most studies in clinical stroke setting. And I believe when it comes to the FDA, it is the only one that has been approved for uh, acute ischemic strokes with the FDA. Keep that in mind. It's just the FDA. Um, Others have been approved by um, other uh, agencies in Europe. Okay. So TPA. So you'll find alteplase also called TPA because it's a tissue plasminogen activator most commonly used. However, there are others in this class. Alteplase was not the first one that was ever discovered. The first one was actually streptokinase. Streptokinase is a first generation thrombolytic agent. It works the same way as alteplase by binding to plasminogen so as to generate more plasmin. It is cheaper and has been, but then, so the only downside of it, it has been shown to have more bleeding rates, like the risk of bleeding is more with streptokinase. It has more allergic reactions, so the hypersensitivity is more with um, streptokinase. Uh, because it doesn't have the specificity that alteplase has, okay? So the other um, first few drugs also was urokinase. And urokinase is formed by your kidneys and is found in urine. And it also works. How? Convert plasminogen to plasmin. And then the plasmin will break down the fibrin. And uh, this the urokinase, though, is... um, indicated to dissolve clots that are in the lungs and the heart you'll also see them you'll also see urokinase used to restore patency in catheters all right? um, so urokinase and streptokinase as much as they may be cheaper they also have a higher risk of bleeding and then there is this one called tenecteplase and for short we call it tnk place. I like the name. So it has a longer half-life than alteplase. It has greater binding affinity for fibrin. Hmm. It's already looking like it's going to be better than an alteplase, right? And then on top of that, it's given as a single dose. So you see in um, alteplase, it's given in a, like two doses, this ten percent of it is given as an IV bolus of our a minute, and then the ninety percent that remains is given as a, an infusion over an hour. But T and T and K, nectar place, it's just one dose. That's it. Okay, and it has better resistance to PAI one compared to alteplase. I'm trying to give you the advantages of TNK. Now, I hope you are remembering what PAI is. It's the plasminogen activator inhibitor. That's why it's being able to work longer. It's not being broken down as fast as alteplase is, but the natural things that happen in your body, all right? However, Uh, It's in some countries like like with some agencies like the FDA, it has only been approved for heart attacks uh, and not strokes, but in Europe, it has been recommended for strokes, but you'll see it given like in half the dose that is given for heart attacks. I mean, more studies are needed for TNK, and K, and I wouldn't be surprised to see its use increasing over time, especially as we get more evidence-based um, material to be able to make a case for it. So, um, a risk of all thrombolytic therapy, all these drugs, the biggest risk of them is excessive bleeding in the brain which can be fatal in some cases. However, like I said, the risks generally outweigh, I mean, the the, the risks are are outweighed by the benefits, um, especially when it's given early on. I think over time, we are trying to improve how we are going to give this thrombolytics by looking at different ways to deliver it right up to the clot. You know, I've seen uh, something called sonothrombolysis, lysis, where, lysis, lysis, where, you know, we are using ultrasound to assist us to see how close can we get to that clot and bust it up. How can we deliver it with... um, I think it was being called intraarterial delivery, where we are taking we are taking the thrombolytic therapy right up to where that clot is. Okay, so those are thrombolytic. The thrombo, uh, thrombolytics, remember, it's thrombo clot lytic, disintegrate, busting up that um, clot. Cornerstone therapy for uh, acute ischemic strokes, not hemorrhagic ischemic strokes. Uh, remember what we're trying to do as soon as possible is to regain or to reopen that roadblock. And most of all these drugs, what they're doing, they're helping plasminogen to activate as much as possible the plasmin, as many, so that plasmin can then bind to the fibrin network and break down that spaghetti meshwork so that we can reopen the road to the brain. Um so hypersensitivity, hypersensitivity reactions and excessive bleeding are the risks that, or what you're keeping an eye on. All right. Let's see you next time for the next one. Bye. I am Dr. Womboi and thanks for listening to this episode of The Drug Chat. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe rate, and review this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And remember to share with your friends. Until next time, stay inquisitive. Bye.